am so excited for today. And uh, we have had such a challenging week with, with not having heat since Tuesday. Last night at the 11th hour, we've got water, we got heat. And uh, so we, oh, I'm just like so excited. Um, it wasn't like the 11th hour, you know, like at last minute, you know what I mean? We've got prophetic people here. They understand. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you, Father. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you and praise you for the outpouring of your spirit. I thank you for a spirit of a revelation of wisdom and knowledge in you. That Holy Spirit, you would be the teacher. That, Lord, this isn't a sermon. This is a message from heaven for each person to apply to their lives and so that they would be positioned in their soul and their heart for what you're doing at this historic moment in time. And so, Lord, I just declare and decree new beginnings. I declare and decree the amazing things you did in the midst of worship and what you spoke. I thank you, Lord God that the heavens are opened and the heavens are opened over us individually. The heavens are opened over our family. The heavens are opened over our business. The heavens are opened in our spheres of influence. So we declare and decree that right now in Jesus' name. Today, I just want to share with you what I believe God is speaking for to us as giving light, but I believe it's so applicable to the body of Christ as a whole. And so I want to just start with what was spoken to Stephen and me prophetically. And it was talking about this, giving light's 35th year. You know, this is our 35th year. That's awesome. We were young and cute when we came here. You know, 35 years later, things have changed outwardly, but I'll tell you, we have totally advanced inwardly. I want you to know. And so they said that this 35th year is a historic year. It's called a watershed year. And a watershed is an historic moment, a moment that is a turning point, a turning course of action. That's powerful. So this 35th year for this house is an historic moment that is a turning point to advance us to a whole new place. That's exciting for me because the fact is we have been sowing for 35 years. God's been building us internally. Our external influence and impact has exponentially been increasing. Well, guess what? We haven't seen anything yet. I'm so excited for what God is doing in us and through us in this season. And so I want to give you a few words and take these words and just begin to ponder them in your heart and prepare your heart for what God is doing. Because when God speaks to this house, he is speaking to you. When God is speaking to this house, he is preparing you as a part of this house, as a part of this family to embrace what God is doing. And the first word that the Lord gave me was change. And the meaning of change is to shift the form or nature or course of what is to what it can be. It's to transform or exchange something for something better. Amen. Hey, we can see where things are, but where we are is not where we're going. And there's this change that is allowing us to exchange what we have now for something so much better. 
This is a powerful change. It goes beyond changing our mind. It goes beyond uh, us uh, feeling something in our hearts and, and having a vision and beginning to move forward. Because, see, this change is going to take a lot of bravery because this change is not initiated by us. This change is initiated by heaven. Ha, huh. surprise. Defining moments. Moments of revelation. It goes beyond just hearing that still small voice to God wrecking our world in a moment. And when I say wrecking, it's a positive word. Changing us so that we can step into something so much better. I believe in the body of Christ. So many of us have grown accustomed to the way life is that we just settle for less than God's very best. We just sit back and manage. We sit back and we survive. Our whole goal is to work, make some money, pay our bills, and exist and try to stay healthy. But I'll tell you, there's so much more to your life than that. Prepare your souls for heaven-initiating change in your life. Huh. Think about Esther. She was removed from her family's home, removed from Mordecai's home, boom, pulled out of her home. That was a change. And it was a change initiated by heaven because God was positioning her to be, bring freedom to all of the Jews. That's powerful. Think about uh, Peter and Andrew. There they are just fishing. They're just going to work, doing their thing. Jesus shows up and says, hey, do you want to fish for men? At that moment, heaven initiated a change that literally shifted the trajectory of their lives and the trajectory of the body of Christ. This is not just a Bible story. This is an illustration of the change that God is bringing in us and through us. It's initiated by heaven. And guess what? When heaven initiates it, you know it. It's one of those things that we need bravery for. <laughs> because we know that the Spirit of God has launched us into something new. Think about Moses. He's just doing his thing, and there's a burning bush telling him to go to a place he didn't want to go. But he was carrying something he didn't know he was carrying. You must recognize you are carrying more than you realize you're carrying. When God shows you in him before the foundations of the world, he put inside of you a contribution to impact your world for good. He knows what you're carrying. And when change is initiated by heaven, it activates what you've been carrying. Oh, this last season, there's been a lot of frustration because you can feel a fire burning. You, you can feel hunger. You desire to make a difference in your world. There's all types of things taking place on the inside of you. But when heaven initiates change, there's a clarity there's a purpose on the inside of you for you to know this is what I've been carrying my whole life. This is what I was made for. I remember about 37 years ago when we were young and cute. I'm still cute. You are still cute. 
I just told him that this morning. Anyway, when we were young and cute, Joel was just a couple months old. Rebecca was two years old. And I can still see exactly where I was sitting in our little apartment. And I heard, put everything you have into storage. Get in your car, head south, and you would end up in the northeast. (laughs) What was that? Why did I think that? Oh, my gosh. And I just ignored it until Stephen came home and said, the strangest thing happened. I felt like we were supposed to put everything in storage, head south, and we would end up in the northeast. So guess what we did after we found another pastor for the church we were pastoring? We got in our little Datsun B210, Joel with his stuffed animal, not his Braveheart bear. It was another stuffed animal. His stuffed animal and Rebecca with a little baby doll. We had a few clothes and got in our little Datsun and headed south. That's a Nissan for those who don't know. It was called Datsun. And God led us here. That was a change initiated in our lives. And even through these 35 years, people have come here and say, what are you doing out here in the middle of nowhere? Look at the anointing you carry. Look at the worship you, look what you have in this house. What are you doing in this little town? We have been positioned here by heaven. We have married this land and we will fulfill the call of God based upon heaven's commissioning. Nobody can talk me out of being here. Initiated by heaven. Let me give you a life key. Live life fully today because when God initiates a change, you will know it. And so if you are faithful today, if you are living life fully, if you are loving life today, that's what prepares you when God initiates the change that you're going to have the courage to make that step. Man, I came today so happy. Not having water or heat here since Tuesday. We're standing in the midst of miracles right now. Because the guy who put in the system is in Florida. Our God is a good God. Oh, they might be calling for snow. It might have kept some away. But guess what? We are here by heaven's initiative. And praise God for Facebook and podcasts and all these other things. Live life fully today. Love life fully today. See, God is working in us to give us such a sense of peace, such a sense of rest on the inside of us, because my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. Therefore, I'm going to glorify God. So when he initiates a change, we're going to need one of our core values, bravery, to move forth in that. Acts twenty-two fourteen. 14. It says, then he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you. This is what you were chosen for, to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear the words of his mouth. That's powerful. So when God initiates change, we recognize we are literally standing in the position to fulfill his will for our life, and that is to know his will, to see him, experience him, have revelation of him, to have intimacy of him. And to hear the words of his mouth. 
you know, this will take some risk for our soul. This is where bravery comes in. <laughs> because guess what? When heaven initiates a change, we've never been there. We have no frame of reference for what's happening. I only know what I know. I don't know what I don't know. And when heaven initiates chains, I recognize I don't know. So I'm really going to have to step out and trust my God. Just like Moses did. Just like Esther did. Just like Peter did. And so many others. We hear and we obey. And in the process we begin to discover what he initiated in our lives. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with this because there's different times in history. There's moments when things were what we needed to do, but we won't, don't want to continue to do what we did. We want to understand what God's doing now. But there were times where all you knew to do was build. You got out and you build, you did what you knew to do. And then we'd say, Holy Spirit, breathe life on this. This thing we've built, this thing we've done, please bring, breathe life on it. And you know what he did. But what he's doing now, it's what he's already ordained. It's what he's already breathed life on. So when he initiates a change in our life, it is already anointed. It is already his purpose. It is already filled with life. It is already filled with purpose. And we have no idea what is on the other side of our obedience. So we're going to step in levels of faith, levels of courage, beyond anything we ever did before. But you know what? When you have one of those defining moments with God, <laughs> there is an automatic grace an ability, and a faith that rises inside of you because I know this is God. This is not me. And when you know it's not you and you know it's God, hey, let's take some risk, guys. This is an awesome time. So another little life key. Hold our accomplishments lightly. We've been in ministry for 38 years in this place for 36 years. It's just the first year people stayed away by the busloads, right? So we are officially 35 years old, but we've been here 36 years. So can you imagine the pressure of that first year? <laughs> it's the only knockdown, drag out fight we ever had. He blamed me and I blamed him <laughs> that we were here. No, it wasn't not, I just hit the door and, no, I threw a rocking chair at you. Is that what I did? That's what I did, okay. <laughs> Okay. But we need to hold our accomplishments lightly. We almost need to be like Tarzan, being willing to let go of one vine to grab the other so we can move through the jungle. You know, if we're hanging on to the old and trying to embrace the new at the same time, we'll just kind of be tossed, saying, okay, if I let go, I'm in trouble. I've lost my momentum. I really experienced this a few months ago. We got together as a staff, and we began to talk, what, what is God saying for our dorm rooms? And we knew we wanted to keep an apartment, which Diana now lives in, our little apartment, which it's still a work in progress. And, um, but we knew we need to establish an audio studio and a video studio for what God was doing. 
We knew we needed to lay a foundation for that. And probably no one can relate to me like I can relate to me. But establishing ITC, God spoke to me. It was one of those moments where God initiated a change inside of me. And you know I have a heart for a young generation. And I was willing to lay our lives down for a young generation. And, and God did so many beautiful things in those years. And, but times change, right? But there's a lot of heart wrapped up into every little thing. And so my husband comes to me and says, I think we ought to give the church van away. Amazing couple that was in this house is now pastoring, you know, in a nearby town. Let's give them the van. I said, sure. But I remember that day when the title was signed over and all those things. And they put on Facebook. They were so excited about this van that we gave them. And I had my 30-second cry. I had memories in that van. You have any memories in that van? <laughs> and we paid a price to get that van. It cost us. I knew it was God. I cried for 30 seconds. I had to let go of that vine. And then the next step was even more difficult. Katie sends me a picture that she's very proud of. The bunk beds smashed to people, pieces with piles of the bunk beds that were custom made that cost us a lot of money, custom made, thrown in the middle of the room. This is advancement. And I looked at that and I had my 30 second cry. Actually, it hurt a little because I had to let go of a vine for another one that was going to take us so much farther than we've ever gone, touch so many more than we've ever touched, impact a generation in a way beyond anything we ever dreamed we could do. When God initiates change, it's going to take some courage and some bravery to move into that place of the unknown. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Your heart is not just your spirit. It is your soul. It's your mind. It's your emotions. It is your will or your choice. How do I know if I'm trusting in God? What am I doing? To really trust in the Lord, I had to let them smash the bunk beds. And what's down there now is amazing. It's still a work in progress, but it's amazing. See, change doesn't mean the old is bad. It's just a repositioning for something better. When we came into 2018, I can't explain it. But inside my spirit man, 
Nothing in my soul, my mind didn't feel any different. I was just doing what God was calling me to do. But inside my spirit, man, I literally felt my spirit just shaking inside of me. And I feel it now because whenever I start thinking about what God is doing and he begins to stir something on the inside of me, my, my spirit, it just starts like shaking. I'm not nervous. There's no emotion. I'm recognized. Never did I feel this in my whole entire life in this way. But I feel my spirit man moving, preparing me. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm doing something powerful. Get ready. And I have no clue what to get ready for. But I can feel it. And I trust my God. See, if we fight to stay in the same place, if we fight to stay in our comfort zone, actually, we will be going backwards rather than moving forwards. So expect positive change. Hey, when heaven initiates change, it's always good. Every good and every perfect gift comes from our Father. If he moves us out of one season, it's because I've got something so much better for you. We had to get rid of the CRV. I mean, it was looking pretty rough. It had a lot of miles on it. But now we're sitting in this really nice car, the nicest car we've ever had. The, only, the first car that ever fit him. Usually he's like, it's in the car. He actually fits in this car. That wasn't hard to let go of. But my little 14-year-old Honda Civic, I love my little Civic. I don't want to get rid of my little Civic. You sit in a little car now, it is so much bigger than little cars from 14 years ago. And I fit this car. I still need a cushion to see over the dashboard, but it fits me. But expect positive change in your family. In your relational dynamics, expect change. It's a new day, guys. It's a historic moment in history. Expect change in your relationships. Expect, expect change to happen in your lives, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren. This is the day, guys. We expect it. All it takes is a moment in the presence of God and things can shift forever. Expect change in your finances. Expect them in every sphere of influence. We need to expect change in our nation. The government is upon my God's shoulders. <laughs> I've been in nations where there was challenges, great challenges in the government, but the church was so strong, the church was shaping their nation. Come on, guys, we have a responsibility. We can expect change in our nation because we're willing to pray. Expect positive change in your mind and in your emotions. Because something has to change inside of me before it can, can change externally. One thing that was powerful this week, actually I had a year of practice. A year of practicing peace. Because it was a tough year for me personally, 2017. And 
had the opportunity and the honor to practice trusting my daddy God. And to being in peace in the midst of turmoil. So even when this happened this week, we're just going to stay in peace. Because the fact is, remember this? Powerful people change what they can. And they choose peace in what they cannot. And if you're giving your best, how much more can you do? Your best is good enough. Say, my best is good enough. And when you are resting in giving your best, you have already partnered with heaven and it's positioned you for a change in your mind. So this week when all these things were happening, guess what? The change inside of me was a place of such peace. And I was going to preach whether no one came. It really didn't matter. It's just the principle of the thing. I knew God spoke to me. I knew he told me to preach. I knew that this was a message from the Lord. So we were prepared to have the sanctuary over there and what we were going to do, we figured it out. They call for snow. I, man, did you hear how we worship this morning? Heaven was open. Finding rest for our mind, our emotions. And when we have that, our choices align with peace. Whatever we do when we are afraid is always the wrong thing. I become the opposite of who God created me to be when I walk in fear. Sometimes the most loving person in the world, when they get afraid, they can get pretty mean. But that's not really who they are. We're just seeing that they're afraid. So when we have internal peace, we are prepared for the initiation of change from heaven. So we have the courage to make that step. Put your hand on your heart. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for each one. Holy Spirit, just uh, invade their mind, their soul, their spirit, their thoughts, their emotions. I thank you, Lord God, that a bravery is arising in the spirit right now. A courage is arising. A peace is being uh, planted deep inside of their hearts that their focus isn't on what the enemy is doing. Their focus is on what you are doing. Their focus isn't on the battles. Their focus is on their father, God, who loves them and will not withhold anything from them. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that right now you are preparing our hearts for change in the name of Jesus. I just declare and decree it right now in Jesus' name. So that was the first word, change. The second word, and I'm going to have to go faster, is partnerships. Now, you know that's one of the words I love, but let me read this definition. Partnership, which really connects to our core value of covenant in this house, it's a close cooperation or a close collaboration. That means we're working together aggressively. Between individuals having joint rights and joint responsibilities. That means in partnership, 
We both benefit, but we both have responsibility. And so the fact is, when God initiates change, what he is initiating is so much bigger than we are. So we need relationships that what God has called us to do is going to benefit us all, but we take the responsibilities for what God is speaking. We need that with each other, but we also need it with heaven. And so I want to share just very briefly, because this is my passion, is one thing I really celebrate this, about this house, we are a healthy house. We are a safe place. Hey, I've been pastoring in this house for 35 years. And in this house, it was not always a safe place. <laughs> oh, I could tell you stories. It was not a safe place. This is the best church in the world to pastor. Because there is genuine love, genuine validation, genuine uh, honor and celebration. We just don't have a no gossip policy. We don't have gossip. And if, if it's there, I never hear it. Hallelujah. We have a no prejudice zone in this house. If there's prejudgment, bias, assumptions, criticalness of one another, if it's there, I don't see it. Hallelujah. Healthy place. But I like to explain what unhealthy is. Because in this day of partnership, I have to recognize with whom I will partner. We have to choose wisely in who we connect ourselves to. Even the Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. Fearful company can affect our faith level. Negative attitudes can affect our emotional health. Right? Now, that doesn't mean we don't love everybody. We do. But we have to recognize what access we give people to our hearts. I don't know about you, but I'm going somewhere. And I think you're going there with me, right? We're going somewhere. And so we want to go there in health, right? Unhealthy relationships are need-driven. So either it's all about my need or it's all about your need. So if it's all about my need, I am driven by fear and I'm using this relationship to get something from you that I need. So it's so selfish. Because it really doesn't matter if you receive anything just as long as I get my need met. That's an unhealthy relationship. Or it's all about your need. I am driven. I got it. Oh, and this was me. Hey, it's, I don't say these things because I've arrived. I live through this stuff. Defining moments with Melody, right? And um, that's an inside joke. Anyway, there was a time in our marriage. Here it goes again. Where he had to be happy. And if he wasn't happy, I had to do something. I was driven to make him happy. Not in a healthy way but in a fear-driven way. What do I got to do? So if ever I saw him 
shaken or moved or irritated or frustrated, married to me, you can get all of those. When I'd see that, I had to try to fix it. Have you ever tried to fix somebody? Have you ever worked harder on somebody else's growth than they're willing to work on their own? That's an unhealthy relationship. It'll never produce anything good. I can't fix you. You can't fix me. Why don't we just celebrate one another? And in the process of celebration and validation and honor and heaven's partnerships, guess what? It already heals our hearts. Because if we love each other unconditionally, the fact is that's going to heal us. And if I'm so focused on your need, then I'm really walking in codependency. That's unhealthy. It's all fear-based. You know, there's never been a time in society where people were so afraid to commit. Why? Because... I don't want to be taken advantage of again. I put my hand in the fire and I'm not going to get burned again. What if I'm abandoned? What if I get hurt? What if they try to control me? What if they try to use me? When we can determine what access we give to a person. You know, I can love everyone on the planet unconditionally and fully. Because I know what level of my heart they have. And for someone to get to this deep level of my heart, they have proven themselves. Come on. Well, you shouldn't have to prove to trust. Yes, you sure should. In fact, it's not wise at all to trust the untrustworthy. Well, that doesn't sound godly. Well, Jesus knows who to trust. In fact, remember the master who gave to one one talent, another two talents, and another five talents? The one who was fearful and buried it and wasn't faithful with that talent, he took it away from him and gave it to the one that he knew would produce. The master recognizes who to invest in, and he invests into us whether or not we have proven ourselves trustworthy. He's going to give me platforms of influence if he can trust me to genuinely love people. He'll send me into the government if he knows I'm going to love them. The biggest hindrance to people getting saved has been Christians. So guess what? To be trusted is a much greater compliment than to be loved. Because my God loves me no matter what. But when he trusts me, that's powerful. I'm talking about partnerships now. I'm talking about healthy partnerships. I've had individuals work for me that I couldn't trust. I've had individuals work for me that I trust with all my heart. One's behind the camera right now. 
trust is built out of the character of the individual. But see, we're afraid to commit because we lump everybody all together. Do you remember one of my greatest quotes that God gave me that was a defining moment in my life? He said, if you're not close enough to be hurt, you're not close enough to make a difference. So he gave me a choice that day. What's more important to you, to make a difference or to protect your heart from getting hurt? And I chose making a difference. But in that process, I learned what level of access to grant someone. If somebody's in my face cursing at me, I'm not going to grant them access to my heart. That doesn't mean I don't love them. That doesn't mean I don't value them. But do you think I'm going to open up my heart and let that in? No way, Jose. No way, Jesus. <laughs> Get Spanish on you. Now think about it. We're talking about heaven initiating change. And to release that change, we need partnerships that are healthy. Our nation is riddled with divisiveness. And it's all founded upon if we don't agree 100%. We're going to be married 42 years. We disagree on most things. Yes, dear. (laughs) Hey, that's good. I'll remind you of that. Okay. (laughs) This man cannot be controlled. I tried it early. In the early years, it doesn't work. Okay. Healthy relationships means we can disagree. It means we have different ideas, different opinions, different ways of functioning. I come up with these amazing ideas, and it seems so powerful to me. And I tell Joe and Katie, and they go, no. And it's like, like those words are so dear to my heart. I want an honest poll here. This is family. Okay, be honest. Everyone commit to be honest? Okay. How many of you, I want to do a little TV program, like two-minute segments. Yes, I am. I want to get an opinion from the house. Okay, Don't, don't answer yes. My thought was moments with melody. (laughs) Like the defining moments of my life, those moments of revelation. And in those little two-minute segments, I share this moment. That like touches my heart to say it. How many of you don't like that idea? Be honest, come on. Two people, two people, can I have three? Three, four, five, five out of all these? How many of you love that? Nobody, you got, okay. Now, now, are we a safe house or what? Perfect illustration. We can disagree and love one another. We can disagree and partner together. Come on, guys. So let's do it again. How many hate moments with Melody? Okay, how many don't like that sound? Okay, how many love that sound? 
You guys. Okay, we will have inner healing right after church. <laughs> oh, no, well, that's the only one. That was my idea, so. You guys, I love you so much. Wasn't that a perfect illustration? I didn't even plan that. But see, it's powerful because when you trust the heart and you have healthy relationships, you don't have to agree on everything. When you trust someone, you want to hear their opinions. And if you don't like that name, yay, that's great. In fact, it would give Joel and Katie more credibility, and you just didn't do that today. I don't know, okay? Healthy partnerships, trust is built. Investments are made on both sides, because remember, partnership deals with joint responsibilities. I hear a lot of young wives think and feel and probably do a lot of the work. Come on. If the house is going to get cleaned, I got to do it. If supper is going to be made, I got to do it. If somebody's going to watch the kids, I got to do it. Partnerships is where we righteously share the responsibilities. All you ladies can pay me right after church, okay? <laughs> Proverbs 4, 23 in the New Living. It says, guard your heart above all else. It's not saying give your heart to everyone. It said, guard your heart. Have healthy boundaries upon your heart. Boundaries are not an evil thing. Boundaries keep the bad out and lets the good in. Somebody wants to gossip, I'm going to keep the bad out. I don't want to listen to gossip. That's bad. I want to protect my soul. I want to protect my thoughts. I want to walk in peace. There's no way you can even listen to gossip, even if you're trying to help somebody, that it doesn't affect your soul to some degree. And then you got to preach yourself a sermon to work through it. And you know what? Secondhand offense is almost worse than being offended yourself. Okay, you can do whatever you want with me, but if you touch my kid, you're in trouble. And then I walk in secondhand offense. And I don't have the grace to deal with your offense. You guys aren't shouting amen at this, thus saith the Lord message, all right? Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Your heart determines the course of your life. Really, this is a season where such healthy partnerships are going to be released because fear is being dismantled. And you have an opinion. You have ideas. You have dreams. You have hopes. And they matter. You carry such beauty on the inside of you. What you carry is needed. Well, it's not that big of a thing. Yes, it is a big thing. Because whatever God put inside of you is good. And partnering with that is one of the most powerful things we can do to partner with heaven. I won't go into the rights and responsibilities with God or I won't get done. But I will share this scripture, Psalms 103.7. He made his ways known unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Do you see the difference? 
I'm not just crying out to see what God does. I'm crying out to know his ways. I want to know why he does what he does. I want to understand my father because if I can understand his thoughts, my thoughts can align with his thoughts. When I can understand his ways, my ways can understand, can align with his ways. That's how heaven is manifested. I just don't want to see a miracle. I want to partner and understand how he's moving in the midst of that miraculous move. Even this week, I'll tell you, God did so many things in the back end of this story. It wasn't just getting our heat back. God did so many, many things that I believe were even more important than heat. It's a season of change. It's a season of partnership. So God is letting us know his ways. Now we have to ask the Lord, Lord, how do we position ourselves to partner with you? To ask God to move when we are inactive is entitlement. It's not partnership. Jesus paid the price for our salvation, but if we don't partner with that salvation, we will not have the benefits of it. It wasn't until I said, God, if you exist, do something in my life. That was my partnership that caused heaven to invade my spirit. That was the night I was born again. Oh, he would have wanted to do it many years prior. But I kept the door of my heart shut. I didn't receive. You might have heard me share this before. But there was a time in my life where I thought love, my love was powerful. I love to love. And I do love and I do love deeply. I feel deeply. Relationships are so valuable to me. I might not do it with a lot of, well, I am kind of ooey gooey in some ways, but, you know, with words and, you know, social things, you know, I'm not really good in those realms, but I love deeply. And I thought my love had the power to change something. And you know what it does if it's received? You can be the greatest lawn mower er er In the valley. But if somebody doesn't hire you or receive it, they'll never partake of your great lawn mowering. <laughs> so you can have this amazing love bubbling up in your heart, but if someone doesn't receive it, it's, it has no power to affect them. I even have learned that God's love and it's who he is. He is powerless to change us if we don't receive it. Otherwise, every person on this planet would be born again. But his love is powerless to them because they've rejected it to this point. But he loves them radically. And he's just waiting. For me, I opened the door just a little. The Holy Spirit doesn't take up a lot of room. He just came right in. 
So we ask the Lord, how do we partner with you? See, when we do the possible, he does the impossible. Now the grandkids are getting older and Aiden's bigger than me. But I remember when they were little, they'd want to help. And you know, you're doing 99% of the work and they're so proud of themselves because their fingers were on it. They helped lift that whatever. They're so proud of themselves. I think that's how it is. Our strength is like 1% and he gives the 99. But see, he wants us to give that 1%. He wants our partnership. Would you put your hands on your heart? Let me pray for you again. Father, right now, oh, I got to quit. No, I'm not quitting yet. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for the supernatural grace to partner with heaven, to partner with one another, to celebrate their marriages, their families, their their, uh, uh, work partnerships, the kingdom partnerships. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you are healing those areas that have kept them back from committing fully to you and fully to your kingdom and fully to the purposes of heaven. We break off all fear because when God is near, we have the the ability to be successful in whatever we put our hand to in the name of Jesus. And I'll go very quick in this one. You guys can handle it. Opportunity is the third word. So it's change, partnership, and opportunity. Opportunity is a favorable connection, a favorable connection like a holy alliance, or a favorable circumstance making available a chance for advancement. So opportunity is like when everything comes together at that right time to take you to a whole new level. Years ago, the Lord spoke to me, when the fullness of time connects to holy alliances, heaven opens. There's certain things I can't orchestrate, but when God opens heaven and God moves in circumstances to bring us to a place, things can shift in a moment. Think about Zacchaeus. Man, he, want, he wanted to see Jesus. So he positioned himself by climbing up in a sycamore tree, right? And as Jesus was walking by, Jesus saw him and said, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house. See, that was favorable connection and circumstances that literally advanced that man. Think of the woman with the issue of blood. I'm going fast. Can you tell I'm not unpacking all this? The woman with the issue of blood, she went and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She positioned herself. And at that moment, Jesus felt virtue come out of her. And the moment she touched the hem of her garment, guess what? The blood stopped. It didn't say she was whole, but the blood stopped and there was healing. But it didn't say she was whole. But then Jesus turned and he says, woman, your faith has made you whole. Do you remember the 10 lepers? They all came, they all got healed. They were all cleansed. Leprosy stopped, but the one that came back to Jesus and thanked him. Making the most of that opportunity, he walked away whole. 
God is presenting us opportunities to take us to a whole new level. And when we position ourselves to make the most of that opportunity, then we are literally going to see the miraculous take place. We'll not just have a little dribble here or a little dribble there. We will be made whole internally, externally, relationships, in everything we put our hand to. Literally, heaven's orchestrating our life in a beautiful way. I'm going to close with this story, and some of you might have heard me say it before, but it's just such a powerful story. There was a man named Edwin Booth, and he, in the mid to late 1800s, he was uh, a very well-known actor. Everybody knew him. He had uh, so much influence, so much impact on society at that time because of his acting career in the United States and in Europe. And then his brother, John Wilkes Booth, assassinated Abraham Lincoln. And at that moment, it caused such shame to Edwin Booth that he pulled back. He literally moved out of his visibility in society. He became this recluse pretty much of the time. But one day he was standing on the platform in Jersey City, New Jersey. And there was a young man standing aside of him. And that young man slipped and fell on the way, in the way of an oncoming train. And just like that, Edwin Booth reaches down and grabs him by the collar and pulls him to safety. And I actually researched and found the exact words from the person who was rescued. And he said, um, when my coat collar was vigorously seized and I was quickly pulled up out, out of out to a secure footing on the platform. Upon turning to thank the rescuer, I saw it was Edwin Booth, whose face was, of course, well known to me. And I expressed my gratitude to him, and in doing so, called him by name. But Edwin Booth did not know who this young man was until a few months later, when the colonel under Ulysses S. Grant came to his home, knocked on the door, and handed him a letter. And in that letter, it was thanking Edwin Booth. Now, we're talking all about opportunity, circumstances, all types of things coming together at the exact same time to take you to another level. And when he got that letter, it says, thank you for saving this young man's life. Because this young man was Robert Todd Lincoln, the son of Abraham Lincoln. John Wilkes Booth murdered Abraham Lincoln, but Edwin Booth saved his son's life. Do you see how circumstances all came together at that right moment in time to set Edwin Booth free? And history records that he carried that letter in his shirt pocket every day of his life. And when he was buried, he was buried with that letter. So whenever he felt any shame, whenever he thought about what his brother had done, he'd remember that letter bringing freedom. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray for each one. And I just thank you, Lord God, that you're doing such a beautiful, beautiful work in this house, 
that there are favorable connections and favorable circumstances being made available in the name of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, some will pioneer new, others will build those things that are established, but I just thank you that heaven is invading our world with suddenlies, with opportunities, and we're not going to look how things appear to be because we know that we are at a historic time in history where heaven is invading. Heaven is literally uh, initiating change in our life so we can come to a place that you've destined us to walk in. And Lord, we thank you that this is the time in history. This is our watershed year. This is our turning point. This is our historic moment. So Lord, I decree that. I prophesy it. I declare it over each person in this house, those that are here, those that are not, uh, those that are a part of this body, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, those that connect to us on every level, in the name of Jesus, I just decree that watershed year in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you for it in Jesus name. Now it's a little after 12, but what I wanted to do, and I'm going to dismiss you now, but I just wanted to lay hands on those that wanted me to lay hands on them. And I'm just going to decree over you the change partnership and the opportunities to be released in your life.